The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. Thank you so much for joining me today on Born to be Breastfed. I'll be your host for this show where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding. I'm so fortunate that today I have with me Leslie Turner. Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Very good to be with you. Leslie is a woman who is a true sub-expert, and by that I mean Leslie is a very experienced registered nurse She is also a lactation consultant, but quite honestly, there are many, many thousands of people who can claim that. Leslie is very subspecialized in the sense that she is an expert on babies who are feeding, specifically breastfeeding in this case, uh, but have a cleft lip or a cleft palate or both. Now, I recognize that some of you will be saying to me, oh, Marie, thank God my baby was born and is, does not have a cleft. This show is not for me. Well, you know what? It might be for you anyway. You never know when you are going to bump into somebody who needs a little encouragement and support. Depending on which statistic you check, uh, cleft is about the fourth most common defect in uh, the United States, at least. And clefting is very common, especially in Southeast Asia. So I think what I'm trying to say to you is if your child doesn't have this, sometime you're probably going to bump into somebody who, in fact, is facing that. And I hope that maybe you can give them a little encouragement and support. So speaking of encouragement and support, Leslie, um, talk to me a little bit here. Most parents make the feeding decision whether they're going to breast or bottle feed long before the baby arrives. As you and I, you know, we've both been nurses long enough to know that many people know before they conceive, uh, maybe even before they get married or think about having a baby, they already know if they're going to breast or bottle feed. But some parents, when they learn that the baby has a cleft, um, it, it really can affect both their feelings and their actions about the feeding decision, that is, breast or, or formula feeding. Can you talk to us a little bit about how parents feel and, and how they deal with that? Absolutely. The feelings, especially the initial feelings that many parents experience, are really a constellation of feelings of loss and anger and just really being um, really a little bit in the dark in regards to can they reach those 
exceeding goals that they set for themselves. So um, the first thing that I always like to um, add in regards to your comment about encouragement is that this is a totally treatable condition and there are experts all across multidisciplinary teams that are there to help them. And so I offer a lot of support just reassuring them that their feeding goals are attainable. We just may need to put a little tweaking, um, a little bit of a creative bent to their plan, but offering a lot of reassurance. And I always say that our goal is to provide accurate information in a timely fashion. Ooh, I like that. I am big on people getting information. Well, shucks, that's why I have a show. I'm big on people getting information. But I really want to uh, highlight what Leslie just said about this is a treatable problem. Your child is not going to go around with this cleft being visible to the rest of the world for the rest of his life. This is very treatable. And uh, I think that that's a huge, huge point. Most of the families that I work with are amazed at how quickly those first 10 to 12 weeks go. Go, And so the lip lip closure is typically repaired at 10 to 12 weeks. And I actually help parents cope with some of the grieving that they go through at the time that the surgery is completed because they see that their baby looks a little bit differently than of course, they looked at birth. And so that's a whole different type of layer of grieving. But um, most of them, once they know that it's totally treatable, there are excellent multidisciplinary teams all around the United States that most states cover the costs 100%. Um, Then absolutely the very next thing they want to know is how can I feed my baby? So to be able to provide that accurate information that every cleft is a little bit different, mm, every, yes. <laughs> yes. We, can, we can tweak positions to accommodate the baby's cleft, and we have some excellent tools that are readily available to every family. So, Leslie, one of the things I've noticed is that parents will sometimes say to me, uh, well, I was going to breastfeed before this happened, meaning before they knew that their baby had a cleft. Uh, what would you say to that parent? I, I usually can kind of make it up as I go along, and, you know, every parent is a little different. But how, how do you respond to that? Absolutely, I respond with um, that everything is totally on the table, that we just want to look at this little one as um, Uh, usually a healthy term baby that we're able to just allow to go skin to skin as soon as possible, early and extended skin to skin holding and follow the baby's cues. I know you're not surprised to hear me say that, but (laughs) infant led feeding, infant led feeding can still be accomplished even with an infant with cleft lip and or palate. So back to our comment earlier about accurate information, we want to make sure that parents, hopefully even prenatally, that parents are able to get this accurate information from their physician who hopefully refers them to a multidisciplinary team that may include a lactation consultant or a nurse trained 
in breastfeeding skills. Uh, so that the um, possibilities are endless in regards to what a baby's able to do at the breast. The important yep. feature that I point out to all parents is that it's not all done in the first 24 or 48 hours. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Babies go through so much transition, and so we want to make sure they have qualified breastfeeding supporters all around them. It might be in a grandmother who's very well-trained and supportive of breastfeeding. It might be in a parent or a close friend or in a hospital staff member. Um, But as you mentioned earlier, you have just such a huge audience of young parents who can really get the word out that um, the best piece of advice from a parent-to-parent perspective is that this is a healthy term baby who can be um, just totally coached by an excellent multidisciplinary team where mom can do um, some breastfeeding possibly, especially if it's a cleft lip uh, an isolated cleft lip, and if the palate's involved, then um, I have colleagues like speech pathologists who just come right alongside. Um, there are many, many excellent craniofacial surgeons out there who are very, very supportive of breastfeeding mothers. Leslie, you were mentioning the multidisciplinary craniofacial team. Uh, I know that ideally that's what people really want to pursue rather than just sort of putting all the pieces together themselves. But talk to us a little bit about how such a multidisciplinary craniofacial team works. How is it helpful? And I'm just making the big leap here. I assume that you are on one of those teams. Yes, that's correct. I've been fortunate enough um, for over 10 years to work on a team with a very progressive um, plastic surgeon, a craniofacial surgeon um, who um, has young children of her own that she breastfed, and so she really, really connects with her patients, um, especially those mothers that want that early skin-to-skin holding and that... um, holding immediately after fee- after surgery for feeding. And so she's very, very open to the parent's lead. And that's my uh, next message for new mothers in particular is to really think about how you can best communicate with your multidisciplinary team and particularly the surgeon who's the team lead and to knowing your feeding wishes. So... So um, you talk a little bit about the comprehensive uh, standards from the American Cleft Palate Craniofacial Association. Uh, That's kind of a mouthful, the ACPA, but can you give us just sort of a thumbnail sketch of what do those standards, like if I'm a parent, why do I care about the craniofacial team doing those standards? Yes, the American Cleft Palate Association has very, very high standards that uh, teams that apply to be accredited through the American Cleft Palate Association um, need to include on their team um, over 20 disciplines. For oh, example, the craniofacial surgeon um, usually is the team lead. Then there's um, team coordinators that are oftentimes um, speech pathologists or 
nurses. There's also um, dentistry and orthodontia um, oh, specialists. Oh, right, right. Okay. Audiologists, pediatric professionals, um, psychologists. And um, like I said, I'm very fortunate that she really values my input as a lactation consultant as well. So we yeah, pull in... I got to tell you, I've had some of my sort of friendly battles with the uh, plastic surgeons because sometimes they're like, you know, look at our, our job is to get this kid to eat and breastfeeding is like way down the line somewhere. And it's, uh, I'm sure, how should I say, you know, everybody's different. Every parent is different. Every doctor is different. But certainly, you've had a great blessing in that you do have somebody who is very pro-breastfeeding, and I would encourage parents to really seek that out from the beginning. And by the way, you do, your baby doesn't have to have a cleft in order for the, the you to be seeking a doctor who's so pro-breastfeeding. Hey, Leslie, don't go away. And everybody else, don't, 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 don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. And both Leslie Turner and I will be right back after this short break. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton-washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. By N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your New Angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. Your life, your health, 
your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with craniofacial and cleft expert, Leslie Turner. Leslie is a nurse, a lactation consultant, and she has had probably more experience with cleft issues than probably most uh, nurses in the United States. Leslie, you know, certainly I've had my share of experience with babies that do have clefts. And one of the things that it seems to me is sometimes you really have a parent who is really gung-ho for the breastfeeding, and I certainly don't want to squelch that in any way. On the other hand, I don't want to overpromise. I don't want to make them feel like this is going to be exactly what they had in mind when they, uh, you know, kind of dreamed about how, breast, how great breastfeeding would be. So how do you help the parent to develop a breastfeeding plan? And obviously you work with the parent, but, but how do you sort of get them to understand that uh, this, there's a balance between the realistic and the idealistic? Can you talk to us about that? Yes, uh, that realistic um, expectation is really essential for um, a successful feeding plan. I really try to communicate to parents um, how much the multidisciplinary team will care for them and so that they can really relax and focus on... um, the content of the information in regards to us being all on the same team. Most of the craniofacial experts all agree that breast milk is best for the newborn infant and even through the first year of life and beyond. So parents don't have to feel like it's a battle. We as lactation consultants try very, very hard protect mother's milk supply. And by that, I mean using a hospital-grade pump early and often. But that does not mean that um, newborns can have early and prolonged skin-to-skin holding and introduction to the breast. Absolutely. So we, we really want moms to relax and really be able to take in those first couple uh, days in particular, and uh, not to feel um, intimidated by the cleft or overwhelmed by the cleft. Yes, we have many very, very good bottle tools to use, but primarily we want to get that mom um, off to the best start possible with really having that early um, time with her infant. And then looking at the type of the cleft, the size of the cleft, um, having someone who's trained with positioning and latch and realistic expectations in regards to what the baby is able to do at the breast, specifically with babies with cleft palate. Sometimes it can be a little tricky Uh because 
the job movement looks effective, but when we actually look at how much milk is being transferred, we have our questions because um, babies with clefts typically have what we call a gummy kind of a suck, kind of yes, an exaggerated yes. yep. pattern. And so we want to make sure that um, parents are clued into that. And oftentimes what we do, uh, what we need to do in order to keep feedings, um, feeding outcomes successful is limit the time at the breast. We offer the breast first, if at all possible. We limit the amount of time so that babies can still have enough feeding calories, if you will, on board to complete the feeding with a supplementing device, such as a bottle that's designed specifically for babies with class. Yes, uh, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying. Uh, and I'm also just thinking, sometimes a parent will say to me, oh, but do you think he's ever really going to do this all by himself? And, and they're, what they're really asking me is, is the baby ever going to exclusively breastfeed? Now, I have seen some babies that can exclusively breastfeed, and I mean at the breast. And maybe those babies have just a little small, I'm, I'm sure there's a technical term for it, but for me it's notch, you know. And that's very mm-hmm. different. That's very different than the baby that has a bilateral cleft of the lip and a cleft palate. And, you know, having, in that case... I sort of like to help the parent to understand that it's really about the breastfeeding experience. It's not about the exclusivity. Can you address that? Yes, we um, we are definitely excited when babies can have exclusive breast milk, um, especially through that first year of life. Yes, but many times with a baby with a uh, cleft, they tire out very easily. Yeah, they do. And remember, we're we're aiming for the prize of getting that baby ready for surgery at right. week ten <laughs> to twelve. Right, and right. So we we want to have those weekly benchmarks of seeing that nice weight gain. Uh, you know, preferably seven ounces a week would be fabulous. And we find that that's usually best accomplished by, yes, keeping baby at the breast. If we're able to get milk transfer, there are many moms that are very, very good with their hands and can do breast compression and breast massage to have a very easy letdown for their baby. And if that can be done safely, then then great. We absolutely support that. But oftentimes babies tire out after about 15, 20 minutes, and that leaves us ample time to use one of these um, specialized bottles to be able to give mother's milk in a very, very safe and effective way. So we can still keep the whole plan very much um, in focus of what the parents um, so desired. Yeah, you know, I I usually kind of say something like, let's revisit why you wanted to breastfeed in the first place. And they usually say something like, well, because it's the best thing for the baby. And so then I go on to my little song and dance about how, yeah, and th- it's it's what's best for the baby. That's what we got to keep our eye on here. And, yes. um, you know, sometimes I, depending on how much the parent can, can handle, uh, 
I might say things like, you know, how important the components of the milk are, not only for inside his body, but even on his lip or his palate. Because, for instance, that lysozyme, that is like a little mini antibiotic on his incision line there. That's just so important. And uh, I think, too, you know, Leslie, I've heard parents, and I, I bet you've heard parents kind of blame the cleft if breastfeeding doesn't go perfectly. But you and I have both lived long enough to know that breastfeeding doesn't always go perfectly for any kid right away. That's exactly what we want parents to kind of be able to use that kaleidoscope vision, if you will, to just realize (laughs) realize that we can be we can be very, very creative, but babies are also very, very creative and We never want to look for a cookie-cutter approach. We always want to be very, very methodical about uh, customizing, if you will, and individualizing a plan because um, as a lactation consultant, I work for the parents in achieving the parent's goal, and I don't bring a personal agenda to the table. And so that's why I'm such a huge fan of your show is is because I, I know you're empowering women help other women. And so the word's out that, um, that parents are seeking um, more uh, qualified multidisciplinary teams, as I mentioned, prenatally. And those are some of my favorite patients are the ones that I work yeah. with prenatally because they, they have time to work through some of the shock and frustration of the yes. initial diagnosis. And then they're able to really relax and, um, you know, ask all these excellent questions about what about this position or what about this bottle that complements breastfeeding or what about this pump? Um, will it be adequate for what I need in regards to supplementation? So we keep everybody happy. We keep the craniofacial surgeon happy <laughs> and the yep. pediatricians happy with the, the good growth and um, the developmental milestones that these babies are just right on track with their non-cleft counterparts. So, so it's a win-win situation when everyone's on the same page. Leslie, you've alluded to this a couple of times, but uh, I'm going to show my age here. Uh, in the early days, I always was taught the 10-10-10 rule that cleft lips were done around 10 weeks, cleft palates were, uh, and I mean repaired, having the surgery around uh, 10 weeks, the palate around 10 months, and that the baby had to weigh at least 10 pounds and have a hematocrit of at least 10. Do you still go by that, kind of? We still do go by that. However, um, many of our international listeners may know that many craniofacial surgeons abroad are doing some very creative um, surgical interventions, sometimes a little bit earlier, Earlier. sometimes a little bit later. And and I I love it because um, every baby is a little bit different. Sure. We have a small, a small percentage of babies with clefts that have some other congenital anomalies that go along with the clefting. So that needs to be taken into consideration. We have a very small percentage that are born a little late preterm or preterm. And so that's taken into consideration. So I love that teams are, are respecting the fact that every baby brings 
his or her own story uh, to the table and uh, deserves to be handled sensitively and with that individualized plan. That's really helpful because as I go around the country offering my uh, comprehensive lactation course, or to some degree even my review course, people will ask me, well, when do they do the surgery? And I say, you know, that's kind of the old rule, and there's, I think there's a lot of validity to that. It's not really a rule, but sort of a, a norm. Uh, and yet, there are certainly, I would absolutely agree with you uh, that internationally, they're not necessarily doing what we're doing here in the U.S. And uh, we, we've only got a few seconds left here before the break, but just quick, quick, yes or no, uh, does your team use the um, palatal obturators? No, our team doesn't, does not, yeah. primarily because it needs to be refitted it's, so it's So many times, it, yeah, totally, yeah, totally agree, be, yep. Yep. Um, hey, everybody, don't go hazard. away, because when we come back, I am going to be back here with my guest, Leslie Turner, and we're going to talk about what happens when the baby comes back from the surgery. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton-washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. By N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your New Angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuso? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, 
Come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding. And today I'm here with my guest, Leslie Turner. And wow, Leslie has really helped us to get clear on a lot of facts about babies and breastfeeding uh, and those babies that are affected with a cleft lip and or a cleft palate. So, Leslie, I know what you're going to say. I'm going to ask you the question and you're going to say, now, Marie, it really depends on the doctor. And I agree. But what have you seen sort of like from different doctors or with different babies? Because I know it's going to be a little different, but what's kind of, can you give us the outline for what happens from the feeding perspective once the baby comes back from the surgery? How soon, what happens? Paint us a picture here. Absolutely. After um, the surgery, the baby's usually in a recovery room for several hours. And, of course, the baby's very sleepy during this time. Sure. And many, many surgeons will come out and just give a total recap of the surgery and allow parents at that time to see the, their infant. And that's, of course, very, very reassuring. Absolutely. But at that time, really, baby is usually not that interested in um, feeding, but more interested uh, in just sleeping. But yes. it does, of course, the parents are um, so much good to just be close to their babies. So I would say at that point, the parents can just prepare for for um, a long 24 hours of just being close to their baby and getting ready to follow baby's cues. Um, how long is it before the ba- the baby can go to the breast and or the bottle? How does that work? Well, typically that is dictated by um, the craniofacial surgeon. Uh, we try and talk about it at the pre-op visit, what the parents' goals are. Um, but many parent, um, excuse me, many surgeons believe that um, the best early post-op intervention is keeping baby content. The less crying baby does, the, oh, less yes. Tension, yes. the less tension on the surgical line. So yep. um, I really encourage um, moms after that initial 10, 12 hours of the baby being pretty sleepy and just getting pain medication um, to keep baby comfortable, that after baby comes out of that little bit of fog that... Um, she um, be allowed to hold baby skin to skin, and then, um, as I said earlier, just follow the baby's cues. We we don't want baby to be forced. Usually, they're very hesitant to have anything um, by their face, 
And so sometimes um, syringe feeding is the best at that time or um, adapting um, the bottle at that point. Um, either if it's cleft lip surgery, then um, a standard bottle that the baby's been comfortable using. Um, we, it's not a good time for a lot of change. We want to I try see. and keep things as consistent, consistent as possible. And for either the parent or the baby, because this is not a time that anybody wants to be learning a new skill here. That's just my homemade philosophy. Uh, but I've seen that where, uh, you know, surgery is difficult enough for any of us. And seeing mm-hmm. your child in pain or having had a procedure is is hard enough, too, certainly. So if you were to put a number on this, how soon would you say that a baby has been uh, allowed to go to breast after the surgery? And what would be the longest period? Well, it really is um, quite quite the gamut. Um, I've seen some babies um, that um, are very interested in going to the breast, I would say after even five or six hours. Really? Um, but it's, it's usually somewhat tentative and yes. um, it's, usually, it's usually the babies that have been doing consistent breastfeeding since birth. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so it's a little bit more of the exception than the rule, but... Again, um, parents are so savvy nowadays, and they they know they know these benefits, and so they're uh, just tremendous advocates for their their babies. And um, I'm finding that surgeons are relaxing a little bit, and of course, they're very protective of their surgical line. Absolutely, so, yes. So it's it's usually they come you know come to an understanding, but usually the one that has the last say is the baby. So I would just. Uh-huh. Say um, to new parents not to make it a source of contention, but to really, um, they they already have become an excellent student of their baby, and they know um, what their baby likes and doesn't like. Yeah, you know, it's so funny that you're mentioning that today, Leslie, because uh, before the show, and actually yesterday, I was knee-deep, and I mean knee-deep, <laughs> I'm um, delivering a a big presentation for a very large university-based medical center, and uh, the one of the the presentations that I'm doing is just on infant cues, and I really do believe that it's like there's a part of me saying, "Oh, come on, Marie, everybody knows this stuff." Yeah, they must know this stuff, and then there's another part of me saying, "Yeah, but if they don't know this stuff, the baby really loses because the baby is talking. He is." He is making his needs known. It's just that sometimes we, and I do mean we, I'm not always as good at this as I should be, is really looking at those babies' cues and really listening to what that baby is saying. He might not use words, but he absolutely has a message to communicate. I think that's great yeah. that, that now there is so much uh, attunement, so to speak. Yeah. So letting the baby lead. So the doctor wouldn't really, in most cases, I, I, know, I know all doctors are different, but in most cases, the doctor would not resist if the baby really wanted to go to breast and made those cues and the mother was willing and all was well? I think um, in most cases, it's when the parents have already established this understanding with the surgeon ah, to understand good. that just what this priority is for them, what it means for them to have their baby skin to skin as a soothing measure as soon as possible after vital signs are stable 
and understanding that sometimes surgeons will add um, a protective bar over the lip so that oh, right. the uh-huh. area does not get bumped. Right. Um, some and some do not use that protective bar at all. So I, I, yep. I understand. Um, that with most surgeons, they want to be a clear understanding that this is a place that needs to be kept clean and dry and protected. And who better to understand that than the baby's mother? Sure. Uh, Lastly, what about babies? Uh, I'm thinking of one little boy in my uh, life. I think he had to have five different surgeries for his cleft. Um, How does this affect the feeding plan? Well, it it can really have um, huge ramifications on baby's willingness um, and effectiveness in feeding. So we want to be very careful from even um, pre-surgery on to set realistic benchmarks, if you will, to know that the oral motor cavity is is a place of, if you will, sanctity for a newborn yes. baby. For that first yes. year, their whole, their whole just everything about daily life focuses right there in the oral motor area. And so I really um, encourage parents to be protective of, of uh, fingers in baby's mouth, maybe be for examination or, or um, just people needing um, more information, if you will, that most of that can be obtained without... Um, invading the baby's oral space. And then in choosing uh, the right bottle, um, maybe not um, related to the cost of the baby, but really uh, the cost of the bottle, but um, really looking at which bottle is best tailored for the baby's um, type of cleft. And then making sure that parents have that accurate, accurate information about how to use the bottle and have ample opportunity to practice with that bottle. Uh, you know, that's one thing we haven't talked about. Uh, I've used a number of different things. As a matter of fact, uh, Leslie, I've used stuff that hasn't been on the market since you've been alive. So <laughs> I, I know that there are more things and yet there are less things. There are different things. Um, but talk to us a little bit about maybe a little bit about the pros and the cons, not maybe from the baby's perspective so much as from the parent's perspective. You know, sometimes parents kind of like one thing versus the other. because They've got to get a certain comfort level. Uh, what, what can you talk to us about there? Well, I love to hear from my parents. And what parents are saying today is that they're thrilled when they have options. And I'm so happy to be able to tell you, Marie, that the yep. Dr. Brown Corporation has... Um, design just in the last couple years has designed a wonderful specialty feeder feeder bottle that has uh, a one-way valve in it that allows feedings to be more infant-led. And our parents are saying that they really like this and um, they feel like um, they portray a more normal, if you will, um, feeding experience for their baby because the Dr. Brown bottles are so well um, received in communities um, across the world. And so um, they like the idea of having um, the different options for, for the flow nipples, but this little blue valve um, is really making a difference for babies, um, in particular with uh, cleft lip and palate, um, and in particular those cleft palates 
that are um, not bilateral and not um, involving um, airway difficulty. Oh, Sometimes uh-huh. the babies with Pierre-Robin sequence do yep, better with... Do better with the Haberman feeder or Medela specialty feeder um, because of their um, unique um, airway challenges. But the takeaway really is that we are fortunate to have so many different options. And again, I would totally recommend consulting with the craniofacial team because it is so important for everyone to be on that same page in regards to the ideal bottle for supplementation. I just want to say, Leslie, that I want to encourage the parent. Uh, I just want to say that I want to encourage the parent to feel free to say, you know, I just don't like this thing or I like this other thing better or this is easier for me or whatever because I find that pretty much I can I, I, I can help them to do whatever, but it's a lot easier for me when I don't have to do mind reading of the fact that, boy, the parent really hates the whatever, let's try something else instead. Uh, this is all really, really good information. Uh, anyway, hey, folks, don't go away. I will be right back with Leslie. Leslie Turner right after this message. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their New Angels. 
Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. By N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your new angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. Leslie Turner, my wonderful guest today, is here to talk to us about babies with clefts. And by the way, in that last segment, Leslie talked about a couple of products. She mentioned the Dr. Brown uh, product and the Medela product, the the Haberman or the uh, now called the special needs feeder. Uh, I just want to let you know that as of this moment, when we are recording, we do not have any commercial support for this show. So uh, Leslie and I are just telling you what we've used and what our experience has been. Uh, but nobody's paying us to say that. We're just kind of shooting from the hip here. So although we've got some pretty good hips to shoot from, (laughs) uh, uh, Leslie, tell us a little bit about some online resources uh, or, or even some community resources. If I'm the parent and I have this baby and maybe I've got my cleft team of 20 people, well, that's all really great, but they're all professional people. Where can I find some communi- some support in my community or online? Marie, the um, American Cleft Palate Association has a whole listing of accredited teams um, that are excellent resources for parents. The American Cleft Palate Association also has a pamphlet on feeding your baby. Oh, right. Uh, yep. Lots of other resources for parents. So that would probably be one of the first places I'd encourage um, parents to go to. But I'd also caution parents not to spend too much time online um, looking at anecdotal information because we want to make sure that their feeding plan is in line with the team that they're going to be actively working with all the way through adolescence. Good point. So it's great for the parents to be reading, um, but I encourage a lot of the uh, great breastfeeding resource information that we have available to us in regards to many of the people that have been on your show that uh, that talk about um, having excellent breastfeeding plans and breastfeeding for. Um, as long as the the family so desires to, where they help parents find that balance between breastfeeding and maintaining their work plans and their family plans, their travel plans. Um, so many of those books are still going to be very applicable to the parent with a child with a cleft. Mm, we agree. we don't want to we don't want to just 
burden the parents with so much information um, about the pathology of very, very involved um, congenital anomalies. That's for the multidisciplinary team to do. And so I have a few parents that get very, very confused from just jumping all over the Internet. In addition to the American Cleft Palate Association, uh, the Dr. Brown Association for uh, about the Dr. Brown Specialty Feeder also has a great uh, video on their website about their specialty feeder. Leslie, that is so good because one of the things I have noticed about doing a show where I'm busting the myths and clarifying the facts is that a lot of the myths are the things that people believe from reading on the Internet. Now, some of the stuff on the Internet isn't accurate in the first place, but some of it might be accurate for this baby but not for that baby and not for your baby. And I think it's really important that you've pointed out that this is really a very individualized approach. And... Sheesh, you know, I've never seen two babies that have exactly the same kind of cleft. I doubt that you have either. There are certainly some similarities, but uh, I think that parents should not spend a lot of time trying to figure that out. That's why they have a cleft team. Uh, certainly, I would agree. Um, are there? Uh, I was thinking, though, Leslie. Uh, are there are there groups that meet? Is there like I know, for instance, there's a La Leche League group for twins. Is there some sort of breastfeeding support group for babies with clefts? Are, Absolutely, there's really there's pockets of support groups um, all around the nation, and so I'd absolutely encourage parents to contact their local La Leche group to contact their cleft team who um, oftentimes they have support groups that are parent-to-parent support groups. Um, And those support groups oftentimes include a family that's six months or a year or several years ahead of you. And so they can give you that helpful anticipatory guidance that is so needed. Oh, absolutely. Leslie, we've only got a minute or so left. Uh, What about if I'm a nurse or other professional listening to this show today, uh, what would you suggest that I do in order to maybe contribute to the betterment of babies with cleft palates or cleft lips? One of the very first things I recommend is going to the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Protocol. Yes, the clinical protocol number 17 has Mm. the guidelines so nicely outlined for breastfeeding infants with cleft lip, cleft palate, and cleft lip and palate. And uh, it's an excellent Yes, I had forgotten about that. That is so excellent. Yes, uh, I would totally agree. For those of you who are interested, I know that website by heart. It is www.bfmed, as in B like in boy, F like in Frank, M-E-D, bfmed.org, and the protocols are over on the left-hand side. You can kind of noodle around and get number 17. Leslie knows that off the top of her head. Wow, what a day. It always goes way, 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 way too fast. Uh, I would just like to thank all of you for joining us. Thank you so much. Without you, we don't have a show. I am very grateful that you are all here to listen to what we have to say. Uh, Leslie and I both hope that we have empowered you and maybe to help you to empower somebody else today. But that's all the time we have. Before we sign off, I'd just like to thank Leslie Turner for being my guest today. Leslie, thank you so much. You are so welcome. If you're interested in books or other media that was mentioned on any of the previous shows, uh, check out our Amazon store. 
You will find that at borntobebreastfed.com. And again, that's borntobebreastfed.com for books and media. My blog is also there for parents who are listening. Check out our Facebook page, too. Feel free to leave us a question. And by the way, feel free to subscribe to my blog. It always makes me feel like somebody real is listening. I don't like to just be talking to myself here sometimes. Now, if you're a professional and you're looking for a continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. My courses, for instance, Leslie came to one of my courses. That's how I met her. And tons of resources and my blog for professionals are all on my professional site, and that's breastfeedingoutlook.com. Again, that's breastfeedingoutlook.com. You can subscribe to my blog there as well. I'm Marie Biancuto. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.